to get naked? I'm Kimberly Kane, and you're listening to The Naked Vibe Show, where you'll hear conversations with artists, musicians, healers, lovemakers, world shakers of all kinds, and get some great ideas for tuning your own creativity and intuition so that you can use them in very practical ways to live a life of excellence and joy and purpose. This episode of The Naked Vibe Show was taken from a video I did just before showtime at the hit Songwriters in the Round concert in Branson, Missouri. I was fortunate to be able to spend time with the show's creator, Billy Yates. Not only is he a talented songwriter with hits recorded by George Jones, Kenny Chesney, Alan Jackson, and more, he's a rockin' performer, producer, and an all-around wonderful guy, gracious, sincere, and fun-loving. I had a blast talking with him about the creative craft of songwriting, the vulnerability of performing songs that reveal our deep humanity, the healing power of music, and the importance of following your spiritual calling, your life purpose. Seeing that show in Branson and the whole experience of being there and visiting with Billy and just listening to the mastery of his song crafting really gave me a whole new appreciation for country music. Although I love all kinds of music, my performance and writing background comes more from the pop and rock genre. So I haven't spent as much time with country music. And I just had so much fun in Branson. I had so much fun with the hit songwriters in the round show and some other things that you'll hear us talking about that it really lit a fire under me to become even more familiar with more country music. And I can tell you having a seat right next to Billy as he performs a few of the hits you'll know was awesome. And I encourage you to go to nakedvibes.com to see the video. It'll give you an extra boost in your day to see the Billy Yates smile that lights up a whole theater. You'll also find detailed show notes on the website. Plus, the video's got a little bonus behind-the-scenes footage that I think you'll enjoy. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket University, where you'll find rhythmic movement meditations that can create subtle yet powerful shifts in your energy. This is an audio download of nine meditations using drum rhythms that take you on a journey from a slow, deep groove that creates a peaceful strength, reducing stress and connecting you to your powerful primal senses, to a high-energy rhythm that gets your juices flowing so you can use that strength to experience greater vitality, courage, drive, and passion in every area of your life. You'll find a link for these rhythmic movement meditations in the show notes on NakedVibes.com. Are you ready to get naked? I'm Kimberly Kane, and this is the Naked Vibe Show, and I've got a super serious treat for you today. I'm in Branson, Missouri with Billy Yates, and if you don't yet know who Billy Yates is, You're going to know in a minute because he has written so many amazing hit songs. And I've gotten to know that through watching his shows here in Branson. We'll talk a little bit about all that. But first, I want to give you a taste because you're going to know him as soon as you hear him. Hey, Billy. Hey. How's it going today? It's going great, man. (laughs) 
Love it. Love it. So you welcome can, to Branson. Thank you. You've got these amazing shows that you're doing, and we'll talk about that. But tell us a little bit. Give us just a snippet of some of the songs you've done for artists that people are going to know. You know, I moved to Nashville uh, in 87. And uh, didn't move there to be a songwriter. Was I moved there to be a singer? And uh, but I started writing songs about five years into it. And one of the very first songs I was ever a part of. And and thank God for good uh, co-writers that will teach a young guy how to write some songs. But this was the very first song I had recorded. This was a song that that really opened a lot of doors and gave me a newfound confidence in writing songs, which was so awesome. But uh, this was the 1993 CMA Vocal Event of the Year, and uh, you might remember this one. I don't need no rocking chair Your chair at all or your Medicare Well, I've still got neon in my vein This gray hair don't mean a thing I do my rocking on the stage You can't put this possum in a cage my body's old, but it ain't impaired. I don't need no rocking chair. Girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, just right in that little capsule, there are seriously so many things to talk about. If we didn't do anything else, just right in there, okay? So I'm going to tell you, you already know from watching this show, if you've tuned in enough, I do my rocking on the stage, right? Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you know, that, and that became kind of an anthem for, for Jones, but it became an anthem for a lot of older people who didn't, weren't ready to give up. Sure. And if you remember, there was a great video with that and it had George Foreman in it. George was coming back out to fight again. Oh, and so yeah. it related, you know, in a big way to, to him and his life and his career. And so a lot of people, you know, a lot of older people say, I'm not ready to give it up. You know, I'm not ready to, I'm ready to, you know, Right. Keep on rocking. Well, exactly. And, you know, that's, I think, the thing that's so important. There's the artist way guru, Julia Cameron, writing her book, talked about when she was somewhere in her 60s and she decided to start playing piano. And she said, you know, I'm going to be 70 either way. So I'll either be 70 playing piano or not. So exactly. you just start and you exactly. just keep going, right? Right. And I think it, it's so, uh, you know, and I'll just let you know, hey, we're here right now in Billy's Theater in Branson. So you may hear some things going on because there's a show that's happening here in about a half hour. So <laughs> people are setting up and stuff. So that's kind of yeah, what's going on in the background. So um, and we'll tell you about that. But just thinking about those creative juices, you said something about coming to Nashville to be a singer yeah. and didn't know anything about songwriting. No. How did that evolve? You know. Honestly, you know, growing up in Southeast Missouri, uh, was it was in a very musical family, you know, and uh, and so we always sang and played, and we had a little Sunday morning radio show and that kind of thing. Uh, and I took off to Nashville to try to you know chase my dream to be a singer. But I started singing a lot of song demos. I was working with a lot of great songwriters who had written great songs, and they would hire me to come in and sing the the demo that they could pitch to the artist to get recorded. And through that process, just hanging out with these great songwriters, they sort of encouraged me. It's like, Billy, you've got this gift, you know, of phrasing and, and that kind of thing, which is so uh, important to, in songwriting. Yeah. You know, you could be a great songwriter, a great lyricist, or, or great with melodies, but, you know, phrasing and all those things really come into play. And I didn't realize, I don't think at the time, even how, how valuable that was or, or, or that I could make a contribution mm -hmm. at that point. 
especially not being a songwriter. You know, I didn't really consider myself a songwriter. So I started writing, uh, trying to sit down with some of these guys and, and realize that, you know, I couldn't write a lyric back then. Uh, I didn't have that gift at all. I mean, I just hadn't, or that, had not figured that, that any, any part of the craft. I uh, had not tapped into any kind of gift. And, and so, you know, I ended up uh, being able to take a lyric and put a great melody to it and phrase and find ways to, to uh, and I could tweak the lyric based on what the phrasing needed, mm-hmm. you know, so I could make those adjustments. And that's sort of how it started. You know, I don't need your rocking chair. I remember uh, I just started writing some with a guy named Frank Dykus. And Dykus, uh, just a legendary songwriter, wrote a lot of the early George Strait songs, Marina Del Rey, mm-hmm. Down and Out, Unwound, songs like that with Dean Dillon. He's really kind of taught Dean Dillon how to write songs. And uh, uh, so he would write lyrics. He would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and write lyrics. And then I'd go over to his house and uh, and you could read his lyrics just had a cadence. They had a certain thing about them, mm-hmm. and I could just you know put melodies to them. And uh, and so we wrote a lot of songs together and had a lot of songs recorded. Mm-hmm. You know? And do you do you really enjoy that process of collaborating with other songwriters? I enjoy the friendships and the you know because it's it's very therapeutic. I think to sit in a room with somebody and try to figure out, you know, put that puzzle together, Yeah, you know? And so uh, it bounced ideas back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, or phrases, uh, you know, words, what words better to use here, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like putting a puzzle together sometimes, you know? Sure. And so it's nice to be able to collaborate and do that because it's just fun. It makes it more fun. It does make it fun. Yeah. And what about when, when you are the one who's conceiving the idea or the song to begin with, how do you feel in terms of where that creative spark is coming from and then how it tumbles around in you and then becomes manifest something that's tangible? Where do you feel like it's coming from? You know, I think it's all, I, I, I really think that it's, it's, it's all a gift from God. I mean, I really feel like that, you know, what we do uh, as humans on this earth is all, you know, we, that's, that's how I see it. And I see, you know, because, I mean, song ideas, uh, a lot of times you'll finish a song and think, where did, how did that even, you know, yes. how did that happen? You know, one that happens fast or, you know, I've dreamed complete songs, you know, in my sleep. Songs yes. came to me and was able to go down and just sit down and, and record those enough to, to go back the next morning and say, wow, that yeah. is a real song. How does that happen? Well, mm-hmm. I think it's just a God thing. But, you know, um, because music is... is uh, healing in so many ways and music is something that you know people we don't even think about how important music is to us and to uh, to our lives you know and and so uh and songs are just special that way because they speak to us mm-hmm. you know they're healing or they or they they make you forget about your worries for a little while you mm-hmm. know something a happy song makes you just you know it's an escape from your something bad that's going on in your life sure. you know or you know, songs can make you feel so not alone, you know, in mm-hmm. your situation. Mm-hmm. Because I always try to write songs like Choices, a song that I wrote for, for George Jones. Uh, you know, we made that a first person kind of thing. It was like a, it was something that I felt like whoever sang that song, whoever recorded that song, needed to own it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you could have done that, you know, he did this and she did that and he did, you know, whatever, third person. But I think I always like to write songs from the, the, the first person perspective because. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for the the listener to connect with the artist that way, to relate with them that way. Yeah, I was. You were saying something that made me 
think about how even when you're writing solo, that that collaborative process extends to the artist. Because even if you may not know what artist is going to record that at the time, you know that when you're talking about healing, other human beings, we're all having some of the same experiences. They may look a little different, be a little bit different sure, shade, but sure. we're all experiencing pain and hardships and joys in our lives. Yeah. And so we're going to listen to choices here in a minute. I'm excited that you're going to play that for us. But I, I want you to, to carry that forward for me a little bit, if you will, about that Sometimes when I think about collaboration, like you said, we're sitting down together and we're putting a puzzle together. But what about when you're on your own yeah. and then that artist takes it up from there and makes it something new? What, yeah. what do you, with that process, for instance, like with choices, were you thinking of George Jones when you no. were writing this? No, Did, Jones didn't cross our mind when we wrote that song. I wrote that song with a buddy of mine named Mike Curtis. And... And Mike is a great piano player. We'd written a lot of songs just uh, with him playing great melody guy, great melody stuff. And uh, and so he was coming out to my house, and I don't have a piano. And so I said, we got three chords in the truth. That's all we got today. <laughs> three chords in the truth. And, uh, I love it. And so uh, we ended up writing Choices, and which was an idea that I'd carried around for a while. And uh, uh, But, you know, that song we didn't have George in mind, and uh, and we we always said it was kind of a fill in the blank song, you know, because it was a song. It was a song about you know that that offered up some healing. It was a song that always in my mind was was a song that would find its way. It took some time. We wrote that song in in 1994 and played it around for everybody. And I was out in '97. I was out on tour with Alan Jackson. Alan always loved that song and always would. He would uh, sing it on the bus, or you know, he just always loved that song, and I always thought that he would do it, and he never did, or he finally did a little bit on the award show. Uh, there was an award show where Alan came out and sang a piece of, of choices, but uh, but it was George Jones, and it took uh, different tries. You know, he had to listen to it different times before he finally uh, decided to record it, and I think it just hit a little too close to home mm, because what we said was a fill in the blank song because we used the drinking thing. He has a country song, you know. You know, and it says, talks about, you know, I like drinking and it, and, and then the effects of that and the things that came with that. Sure. And, uh, but, you know, we always felt like, I always thought that that was, uh, if no matter what your hang up is, whatever mm -hmm. your problem mm -hmm. is, you would relate to that song because it still comes down to the fact that we have choices mm -hmm. and, and we have to live with the consequences that come with those choices if we make bad choices. Yeah. Or if we, if we make good choices, there are consequences there too that are positive. Sure. You know, Will so, you play that for us? Would love to. Sure. Okay, great. I've had choices Since the day I was born There were voices That told me right from wrong if I had listened, no, I wouldn't be here today, living and dying with the choices I've made. I was tempted by an early age, I found I liked drinking. 
I never turned it down. There were loved ones, but I turned them all away. Now I'm living and dying with the choices I've made. I've had choices since the day I was born. There were voices. They told me right from wrong If I had listened No, I wouldn't be here today Living and dying With the choices I've made Yes, I'm paid for the things that I have done if I could go back. But Lord knows I'd run, but I'm losing this game of life I played. Now I'm living and dying with the choices I've made. I've had choices Since the day I was born There were voices That told me right from wrong If I had listened No, I wouldn't be here today Living and dying With the choices I've made Living and dying with the choices I made. Beautiful choices. That's an amazing song. Thank Thank you you for doing that for us. You bet. You bet. Beautiful. And such a such a gift to be able to sit here in this intimate setting and listen to a great song like that. And you talked about vulnerability a little bit before you played that. And it kind of made me think about something new. It takes a really, uh, you have to move into a place of real courage and get really vulnerable to do a song like that. And you touched on that with George, maybe not wanting to do it at first. How did that? Yeah. Evolve? You know, I think, I think, you know, of course everybody kind of knows George's past, sure. you know, and he's, his book tells everything. I mean, you know, so uh, it's no secret, but uh, I think, you know, for him, and of course I can't speak for him, but I always felt like, you know, that George felt like it did hit too close to home. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was hard for him to, to kind of face up to that. But I also think that that song was kind of, was good for George per, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously for his career, he won a Grammy for it. You yeah, know? So right. uh, he only won two Grammys and one was for that song. So it was good for his career, but I think it was better for him kind of spiritually. I think it kind of, he was able to kind of, you know, realize that it's, you know, I can't run from my past. I think he always kind of knew that. I don't think the song changed all that, but I think he always knew that. But I think that it was a reminder mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, yeah, I am who I am. And, you know, and so all of a sudden it meant something. You know, this song was actually playing when he had his wreck. He was, George nearly died uh, right before this song came out. And uh, 
And so he had recorded it. He'd gone into Nashville. He lived south of Nashville. He'd gone in and he had gotten a copy of it and was driving home and was actually playing it over his phone, uh, holding the phone to the speaker, playing it for his stepdaughter. And apparently there was some vodka involved too. Mm-hmm. And he hit a bridge. And uh, so when he had that accident that, that a lot of people, a lot of George Jones fans know, you know about in a big way because he, he nearly died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that song was playing when that happened, you know. And so, but he told me later, he said, you know, he said, I just realized that I, that I was going to be given another chance. He said, you know, once I realized I was going to be given that other chance, I decided to really turn my life around. And so he did. And uh, such a sweet guy, you know, I'm, and I miss him every day. But, you know, but there was there was always, always with Jones and I think with a lot of creative people, there's a very vulnerable side. Sure. Because I think to ever get into this business, especially the performing side, maybe even more so than the writing, it, it, it works both ways. But I think I think we're sort of needy. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of need that pat on the back and that encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a lot of what gets us into this. Mm-hmm. If you really want to get down to the to the nitty gritty. Yeah. You know? Well, it, and it's so interesting. You were talking about music being healing. You've brought up so many cool new thoughts and ideas for me just sitting here in this brief right. conversation. And I know for people listening too, you you never know how that's going to happen. So we're talking about music being healing and as i'm listening to this story and maybe george not wanting to be as vulnerable to do that song in the beginning and then sort of moving into it i mean i can really see how as musicians and performers and songwriters we are healers in a sense yeah and i can see how your part in the healing process there by bringing this song through like you said it's a god thing and then allowing someone else to be vulnerable enough to to do it um can you can you see yourself in the role of healer in that way you know i know that's putting you on the spot no 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 and i love that question because i've always viewed my my career in the music business has always been more of a calling yeah. I mean, I grew up singing gospel music with my family. But when I started doing secular music, there were a lot of people that really worried about me. There were sure. a lot of people that really, you know, there's people still praying for me right. because I'm singing country music, you know. And that's okay. Right. I'll take all the prayers I can get. That's I'll take right. them all, you know. But but the thing is, you know, what, what people have to understand is, you know, we're not all called to be preachers. Yeah. We're not all called to do, but we're called to do different things. And if we use our gifts that God gave us, if we use those gifts to help others, and to do what, what, if you recognize and you accept what you've been called to do, then it becomes a ministry of sorts. Absolutely. And, you know, and I've toured Europe, you know, for the last 15 years, and I see it that way. I'm going over there to, to you know, to spread some joy and, yes. and put smiles on some faces and to make somebody have a better day. Yes. And that's, you know, really is as simple as that. It is as simple as that. It really is. I mean, you've been given this gift and... I'll just say what brought us to Branson and meeting Billy in the first place was that my uncle, Wood Newton, who's a hit songwriter, Billy invited him to join him in this fabulous performance called Hit Songwriters in the Round here in Branson. And so Kelly and I, you know Kelly because she's been on the show and she's doing some B-roll here right now for us that you'll see a little bit. We just jumped in the car and drove up to Branson and met Billy and saw this 
fabulous show, Hit Songwriters in the Round. And um, I've been so inspired by it that I thought, gosh, I need to get him on the podcast while I'm here <laughs> so I can tell people, too, about the show because this is a little different than than what's going on here in Branson. And um, Yeah, it's a different twist on things. It is. You know, and I think if, if uh, you know, if you've been to Branson, you've seen the shows. There's so much amazing talent here. There are some phenomenal shows. Uh, we also do a show. I'm a part of a show called Rating the Country Vault. Mm-hmm. A big production. There's smoke. There's you know, it's a real concert experience. And it's so, awesome. And it is awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's on TripAdvisor. It's the number one show in town. Isn't that out great? of 153 shows. Wow. But you know, the songwriter show is something that. You know, as I said, tell people all the time, I got here and started missing my songwriting buddies. And so I decided to start this thing up. Huge leap of faith because it takes to start a new show in this town. You can only imagine. Oh, yeah. It's very competitive, but it's friendly competition, but Mm -hmm. it's very expensive to get into a show Mm -hmm. to do that. And and so you gamble in a big way. You know, we do this with no investors, no nothing. It's just, you know, my wife and I both have to work. I work at Country Vault to help pay the bills down here. You know, she's got a job, too. But, you know... The, I see that I see the the joy that it brings people, the riders that come here and experience it have such a great time. We try to treat everybody, you know, the way we would want to be treated mm-hmm. uh, as songwriters going out and doing shows, and it just seems to be working. You know, people are just loving it because it's something different. You know, the, yes. no two shows are alike. Definitely no two weekends are alike. We do three shows a week. We do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we do a Friday seven thirty show. We do a late night 10 30 show on saturday night yeah and there's nothing else like that in branson and then we do a two o'clock show on sunday yeah and they're getting ready to do the two o'clock show here in just a minute so i'll have to let billy go here but you know i was just thinking about if you listen to the last podcast with drummer dale baker who was with sixpence none the richer and had some great platinum albums with them Dale was just talking about moving into moving from behind the drum set into his first solo project. And he said, I had no idea how brave you guys are to be the ones who stand up front and do that. And so, you know, it kind of goes back to that vulnerability thing. People don't realize a lot of times the vulnerability that performers, um, you know, are, this is the naked vibe show. And I got to tell you real quick, that's a lot about being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and being true to who you really are. And I'll tell you the moment that I knew I needed Billy on the podcast last night when we were at the country vault show and you said to the audience, you, there, there's a lot of clothing changes. It's really happening, busy, <laughs> wild, great show. And you said, I'm back there and I'm naked in the show more than I've got clothes. And I was like, he has to be on the naked vault show. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, we changed clothes. I changed clothes about nine or ten times in that show. And so, uh, so you run around and you change clothes, run back out and do another song or whatever. Exactly. So, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, you're a busy guy, and this has been so fabulous. And I know my sister, who teaches songwriting at DBU in okay, Dallas, yeah. is going to want to have you on her show to talk about the craft at some point. So, That'd be great. we're just so grateful to have this time with you to be able to see the shows and to be able to talk with you and hear the music um would you play us a little snippet of something that we know to lead us out here no i could do a little bit of uh a little, little song uh, that, that i wrote for kenny this is not it was not a big hit but, it, but a lot of people do know this song uh we've saw his mini record kenny chesney okay there's a fork in the road 
on my way home where temptation waits wine women and song my will breaks where that road bends and tonight I took a turn for the worse again it says left was home right was wrong oh, such a you great can bet line. by now she knows which road I'm on it's a road I know like the back of my hand and tonight I took a turn for the worse again <laughs> I love it I love that country song. music country music it's so great isn't it oh it's awesome thank you again for being thank here you. oh listen I thank tell you. you what just be true to who you are because Always. you are a ministry your uniqueness is a ministry to others it brings out joy it connects us to one another i've loved being here with you today and tune in for the next naked vibe show i'm kimberly kane and i'll see you soon this episode is sponsored by rocket university where you'll find rhythmic movement meditations that will help you deepen your connection to your own body and to your own spirit and then help you step forward in courage in your life you'll find a link for the rhythmic movement meditations in the show notes on nakedvibes.com You have the freedom to be naked and unashamed about who you truly are. Stand in the truth, love big, and you are aligned with the greatest power in the universe. I'm Kimberly Kane, and this is Naked Vibes. Naked Vibes.